Hello, fellow nerds. Welcome to Anatomy Bites. We're talking about anatomy. We're talking about it in bite-sized chunks. I'm your host, Nick, first year DPT, doctor of physical therapy student in Southern California. Almost about to start my second year. Um, this is a big topic today. So just, we're gonna break it down. We're gonna listen carefully. Before we do, today's O's, I's, A's, Origins, Insertions, and Actions are thanks to 20th edition of Anatomy of the Human Body by Dr. Henry Gray, updates by Dr. Warren H. Lewis. This is also known as Gray's Anatomy, not the TV show, but the book. This text is free in the public domain. It's poetic, it's beautiful. You can download it yourself. Feel free to look for that online. Um, on the show today, we have another threefer. We're talking about not one, not two, but three muscles. Psoas major, iliacus, and psoas minor. If you didn't know, psoas major and iliacus are often referred to as one muscle called the iliopsoas. Psoas minor shares a few similarities with psoas major, so I figured I'd throw her into the mix as well. If you have your skeleton model, get that bad boy out and follow along. We are looking at the lumbar spine, the pelvis, and the femur, so get ready. Let's get to those O's, I's, and A's right after a quick message about our sponsor. So these are a little lengthy. I want you to really try to visualize as we go through these. Imagine you're looking into the human body, into a cadaver, into your skeleton model. Hopefully you are using it to follow along, okay? Because I believe that this is much better than just memorizing from a chart, okay? So here we're gonna start off with the psoas major attachments and pathway. The psoas major is a long fusiform muscle placed on the side of the lumbar region of the vertebral column and the brim of the lesser pelvis. It arises, one, from the anterior surfaces of the bases and the lower bodies of the transverse processes of all of the lumbar vertebrae. Two, from the sides of the bodies and the corresponding intervertebral fibrocartilages of the last thoracic and all the lumbar vertebrae by five slips, each of which is attached to the adjacent upper and lower margins of two vertebrae and to the intervertebral fibrocartilage. And three, from a series of tendinous arches which extend across the constricted parts of the bodies of the lumbar vertebrae between the previous slips. The lumbar arteries and veins and filaments from the sympathetic trunk pass beneath these tendinous arches. The muscle proceeds downwards across the brim of the lesser pelvis and diminishing gradually in size, passes beneath the inguinal ligament and in front of the capsule of the hip joint and ends in a tendon. The tendon receives nearly the whole of the fibers of the iliacus and is inserted into the lesser trochanter of the femur. 
a large bursa, which may communicate with the cavity of the hip joint, separates the tendon from the pubis and the capsule of the joint. For psoas major innervation, I'm gonna vary from the text a little bit here and go with Kendall. Uh, Kendall is the text that we used at my school and they state that innervation is lumbar plexus L1, L2, L3, and L4. Check this against your own text, okay? So as major actions, acting from above, it flexes the thigh upon the pelvis, being assisted by the iliacus. Acting from below, with the femur fixed, it bends the lumbar portion of the vertebral column forward and unilaterally to its own side. And then in conjunction with the iliacus, it tilts the pelvis forward. When the muscles of both sides bilaterally are acting from below, they serve to maintain the erect posture by supporting the vertebral column and pelvis upon the femurs, or in continued action, bend the trunk and pelvis forward, as in raising the trunk from the recumbent posture. Iliacus attachments and pathways. The iliacus is a flat triangular muscle which fills the iliac fossa. It arises from the upper two thirds of this fossa and from the inner lip of the iliac crest. Behind, from the anterior sacroiliac and iliolumbar ligaments and the base of the sacrum in the front. It reaches as far as the anterior superior and anterior inferior iliac spines, ASIS and AIIS, and the notch between them. The fibers converge to be inserted onto the lateral side of the tendon of the psoas major, some of them being prolonged onto the body of the femur for about 2.5 centimeters below and in front of the lesser trochanter. Iliacus innervations, going with Kendall again. The femoral nerve, L2, L3, L4, sometimes with contributions from L1. Iliacus actions, assisting the psoas major in flexing the thigh upon the pelvis, acting bilaterally, again with the psoas major, it bends the trunk and pelvis forward, as in raising the trunk from the recumbent position or the supine position when the insertion is fixed. So as minor attachments and pathway, the psoas minor is a long slender muscle placed in front of the psoas major. It arises from the sides of the bodies of the 12th thoracic and first lumbar vertebra, and from the fibrocartilage between them. It ends in a long flat tendon, which is inserted into the pectineal line and the iliopectineal eminence, and by its lateral border into the iliac fascia. 
And this muscle is often absent. It's not in everybody. So as minor innervation, again with Kendall, L1, L2, the first and the second lumbar nerve roots. So as minor is a tensor of the iliac fascia. As well, it will help to flex the pelvis on the lumbar spine or flex the lumbar spine on the pelvis. So with these muscles today, I know they get a little hairy in these descriptions, and I really encourage you to think about a couple of ways in which to study these. What are their bilateral actions versus their unilateral actions? And what happens when the origin is fixed versus when the insertion is fixed? So what does that mean? So for example, for psoas major, if the origin is fixed, that means that the lumbar spine is, is in a fixed position, it's not doing the moving, and that the insertion is doing the moving, so that lesser trochanter of the femur is doing the moving. So when we say with origin fixed, acting unilaterally, it will flex the hip upon the pelvis. So that's like if you're going to take a step, for example, in gait, that first initial part of your swing, when the hip flexion is happening, that is the insertion moving upon the origin. Also, we want to think about unilateral. What if the insertion is fixed? So what does this mean? Now the origin is doing the moving. That lumbar spine is what's moving, right? So if we're standing upright and our feet aren't moving unilaterally, you're going to bend to the side, side bend. Bilaterally, if both feet are planted and both sides, your left and right, so as major, are moving, now you're gonna have that flexion of the lumbar spine upon the pelvis. So again, think about these things in terms of which side is acting or is both, and is the origin moving or is the insertion moving? And that will help to clarify. And again, looking at the skeleton model, at your drawings, at your pictures, will help you to clarify this. I also want to say that the psoas minor, in comparison to the other two, is teeny tiny. It's got just a few fibers. If you are looking in a cadaver model that actually has one, it might be, I don't know, just estimating like the width of one or two fingers, whereas the other two, so as major and iliacus, are giant. These are giant muscles with a lot of power. So when I say that so as minor might not even be in some people, it's not like oh, clutch my pearls, oh no, like this is a big detriment. No, like so as minor, eh, small potatoes in comparison to the other two. So that is the show for today. Let's just all take a collective exhale on that one. What do you think? How's it going? How are your studies going? Um, and remember, you maybe heard me flipping around between sources today a little bit, going between, you know, uh, Grey's Anatomy and Kendall. 
That's because Grey's Anatomy is old, and if it's got stuff that I'm not so sure about, I'm looking to more updated references that I'm familiar with. So just know to question your sources and to really look at your own sources as your primary, right? I swear to you, every text is a little different. And for a subject that doesn't change a lot, I just really don't understand that sometimes. But you want to use this recording as a supplement to your learning, understanding that your official course materials are in charge of your grade, right? So listen to your source materials first and go with what we say here on the podcast as more description, more understanding, the visualization, et cetera, et cetera. And, and remember guys, I say this every time, but lastly, you know, your O's, I's and A's of muscles are only going to be as meaningful as your understanding of the bones, right? We're talking about bony landmarks. We're talking about transverse processes of vertebra. You know, you, you got to know what these things are to let this have any sense or meaning. So knowing your osteology will make your myology a lot more interesting and a lot more applicable. So I say this every time, if you're looking for a great skeleton model, look in the show notes. I've got a link to Skaggs. He's my five foot six skeleton model I got off of Amazon. Yes, I named him. My best friend actually did. Anyway, um, it's a great reference to have while you're studying is being able to look at something, not in the flesh, in the acrylic, but you know, in the flesh to, to look lifelike 3D and not just look at a picture in a book, right? Um, there's also smaller ones on Amazon too. So if you don't want the whole big shebang, you know, go for a smaller one. Um, in the show notes, I will also, as I always do, include a link to a great text on surface anatomy. This is a text where you can find your surface muscles, your surface tendons, things that are on the outside. You can find them on yourself. You can find them on your roommate, your parent, your dog, whomever. Um, but surface anatomy is another great way to understand what's going on when you study anatomy. That's the show for today. I'd love to hear from you. Drop me a line on social media. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, all at the same handle, at Nikki-Ray. Until next time, hang in there, you guys. I know it's final season coming up for a lot of us. We've had a big disruption in our education and we're just holding on white knuckling at this point until the next three weeks are over. But study hard, hang in there, and let's do this together. I'm here for you. Let me know how you're doing. I will see you next time on the pod. Take care.